the Podjectivity Network. This is a road that I touched on early in the text chain that I thought would make a good like topic idea. And this is a road that I'll be willing to go down just about any time. And Michael Jackson is a perfect, perfect setup. It's probably what we were talking about. When you become a celebrity of that magnitude, and we've... You know, nothing prepare, Nothing can prepare you for that. Um, Except the Motown School of Charm. And we're all sort of, like, we all sort of dream of that, quote-unquote, when we're kids, like, getting famous and whatever. But we don't know that the price that that comes with. And now we see it. Now that we're more in the, in, uh, the modern age of 24-hour news cycles and media and all that, we kn- now we know what the price of it is. We've seen enough. We've seen enough. Now we know what the price of it is. And But we also know that not everything that gets said about people is true. Uh, our friend Dave Chappelle is a good example of that. Uh, I've gone down many rabbit holes for Dave to watch him be interviewed in various places where he's asked about his uh, the huge contract he got from Comedy Central. Yes. $50 million. Chappelle show, two, three successful seasons, and then they just went all in and they gave him all that money. And then he, what happened? Does anybody remember? He went to Africa. He went crazy because he didn't want it. He didn't take it. A lot and, of pressure. And he was crazy. And then that was the end of it. That's I love how he did. responded to it, though. I've got to say this much because I think part of it was the rejection of all of the. You think you know, forty-four minutes was long? Wait, just wait till this one's gone. <laughs> the we we can't talk about Dave Chappelle for, for two hours. No, this has a point, though. Okay. This has a point. That part of the problem with the show and the strings attached to that fifty million dollars was he had to clear his material with the network mm-hmm. and whoever else. He can't make his comedy if he's going to do that, right? That's the thing. Like yeah. he he was only effective when he was new and a little bit under the radar. And that edginess was like it it works until everyone's watching. And then you and you have 50 million dollars and that he was able to not sell himself out and become some watered down version of himself, but say I'll just do stand up again. Thanks. And I'll just and then the fact that he came back and earned that 50 million from Netflix just doing stand up. <laughs> Legend. It's beautiful. Yeah. There's more to it though. There's more to his story than that. And that is he You guys haven't been down this rabbit hole, have you? Maybe, I don't know. Probably not. With Oprah and with uh the actor studio guy. The actor's uh, studio. James oh Lipton. My God, you James haven't been Lipton. Okay. No, t- tell. There was more. There was that. Yes. But when you reach that level of celebrity, you become property of, you know, Hollywood, I guess. And in that period, he says that his dad was dying. Oh. And people would be, there was a couple angles to this. That was one that people would be calling him and saying, Dave, we need you to come to whatever city, New York or L.A., to do this promo or this. And he'd be like, man, I'm in Kansas City, and my dad is like, you know, he's in hospice or he's in intensive care or whatever. And they were like, Dave, we really need you to come and do this thing. So that was one angle of it. Michael Mm -hmm. Jordan, baseball tangent, go on. Our our, our relation. Jeez. Yeah. I got some hot takes on that too, of course. Uh, the other angle was the kind of hoops that they were going to make him jump through, which was they wanted, in some project, they wanted him to dress as a woman. And he lists a whole... And 
that in like a, a sketch show his sketch show martin lawrence made a movie where he was like a woman yeah tyler perry oh, yeah, 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 has yeah. made 25 movies where he's a woman yeah the wayans brothers have made movies where of all the woman. characters that eddie murphy's done i don't think he's ever been a woman he is a woman in those montages in the family the okay. crumps or whatever they're called all right uh, he's the women and the men. oh right 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 around the table yeah uh, keep naming black stars and they've all had to like put on a dress and be like grandmama. Oh, that's really interesting. And he Larry said, Larry Johnson. And he said, didn't go unnoticed. He said, I'm, I'm funnier than that. Like I do better stuff than that. And Hollywood in big air quotes was pushing him like, in a, you're going to make, it's some racist shit. Some humiliation. You got to do it basically. too. Just like everybody else. You got to do it too. So those two things were going on along with the... We'll pay you so long as you debase yourself, in a sense. So is... Emasculate yourself. I don't, who would that. propose that to him? I don't understand. He was already doing well. Why would they say, oh, you need to do this now with mm. your career? This is where this gets tough, is you'd have to hear him like tell it, I guess. Uh-huh. And that's where it's hard to, I, I've even said in like the chain, like it's hard to, once you go down a hole like this, it's hard to cite things. It's, you know, because everybody's heard something, you know, everybody watched a video. We yeah. weren't in the writer's room and we weren't in the meetings. And but I believe know. him. I believe Dave always. And, and I'll, I'll wrap this up here. I'll be, make it quick. Um, that was as, those things were just as much a part of the disappearance as the running things through standards and practices and before they could go on the air. So he disappears. So what happens? All the media uniformly says Dave Chappelle goes crazy because he won't take $50 million. And every American goes, yeah, because if you get offered $50 million, if you don't take it, you're crazy. And that's it. That's the end of the story. That's their side. Too bad he, he had a nervous breakdown when he was just having his big break. That was kind of no. the storyline. That was a narrative. There you go. Yes. Instead of, you know... He did great work, and now he's going to just do, continue to do great work, but on his own terms. So he wasn't going to dance, and he went into exile. And while in exile, he found himself again. I said that in a text chain, that he fought his demons, and he beat them, and then he came back. And then you started seeing stuff on the Internet, like Dave Chappelle does a 20-minute set at a barbecue joint in Kansas City and you started to feel the it started going viral like oh my god he's showing up places unannounced and he's doing stand up oh my god everyone who was with him at the beginning he started coming back and now here he is he's back and now he owns the medium he owns he's above it all and he did that have a point is there always bad with good Here's a question. Always, in anything, is why there are, always bad with good? Why is the good, reliable media the kind that has to do fundraisers and fund drives, <laughs> too? Like, I, I feel that way a little bit. Like, when I was in England, one of the things that I missed, public radio. Mm. It's not that they don't they have don't it. public radio mm. there? Maybe they have it, maybe they don't. I just wasn't listening to radio over in England. But when I came home and I was driving more, that's the thing. I didn't have a car. That's probably it. I didn't have a car in England. So when I got back to America, I started driving around and listening to the radio. I got reconnected with WPR, NPR, and I was like, oh, this is, it was like, it was like reuniting with an old friend in a way until they did the fucking annoying pledge drive, which God love them. I know they've got to do it, but it's, 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 it's like the worst time for a faithful listener. Like, oh Jesus, now I've got to listen to them beg for money. But the fact that they, that's the way they fund themselves, like Dave Chappelle turning down that money, mm. gives them an opportunity to tell the goddamn truth mm-hmm. in a way, I think, um. or, or be, you know, be, be a legit news source, not controlled by whoever is paying so, their salaries. The influence of money, basically. Mm. You're saying if you don't let money influence your choices, you're better? Well, think about the... the as, in, po- as like in terms of like news outlets, comedians. What is the appeal of Bernie Sanders right now? Maybe people think that he's too... Does he have he's too ra- right no, now? Absolutely. I mean, the fact that he's even... That he was even part of the conversation and, 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 and an open socialist. Yeah. Right now is that he's, he's shining a light on 
this relationship between corporate money and politics and how it's gotten totally fucking out of control mm. so that, you know, the voters and the regular folks don't have much real impact or real control. And it's the same kind of problem that you have with, I suppose it's connected. The, the, the thread there is This that. is going to get so much bigger real fast. Go ahead. Well, I'm going to, but before it goes any bigger, I'll, we've, we've detailed some of the problems with our media system. Also, like we're going to delete. media has to ask for money. We're deleting, so don't be careful. Oh, really? Probably. Yeah, our corporate sponsors wouldn't go for this conversation right now. Potential. <laughs> Got to run it by corporate standards and practices. Yeah. <laughs> I will. That I can't tell you how much listening to Dave tell his story that way affected the way I see things and makes me wonder. So when Michael Jackson was making headlines, I lived at home in a Catholic household where we had three channels and the radio and a certain set of beliefs and in a small rural place. Uh, and whatever you, whatever you heard was true. Like, if you heard it, it was true. If it was on the news, it was true. If it was in the paper, it was true. And now that I'm older and we live in a different world, uh... I now think back with great sympathy on Michael Jackson and wonder how much of it is true. What's true? There's a pile. There are tabloids that could fill this space of lurid headlines and crazy pictures. And uh, to put aside, put aside like the baby over the balcony thing for a minute, like that's just someone who just never learned how to like be a regular person. Just strictly his, the accusations of his sexual proclivities, yeah. his deviance, his, his deviance. Uh, that shit played on the news around the clock. And I want to say another comedian, I think it was Chris Rock maybe, has a bit that's like, every time there's a slow, slow news day, they got to wheel out Michael Jackson. <laughs> I swear that that, I think it was Chris Rock that did that. And he, he raised that question back in like the 90s. That like, every time there's some kind of scandal, or every time there's a, a real problem that we need our attention to be diverted from, here comes Michael Jackson with another crazy Well, you're asking us to be exploit. You're, you're asking us to be sympathetic to an alleged child molester, which is... A stretch in a lot of people's mind, but there's no doubt that he was a whipping boy, and the media has those targets, and they can be merciless, and they can be really mean, and you know, what do we know about the psychological toll that that takes, being trashed on a national scale, you know, humiliated, like I say the wrong thing at a party, and I'm horrified for a while. This but predates text. This goes to the email chain. We talked about this in the email chain. That he was the first, not maybe not the first, but he got it. He was the first one to get so publicly, so spectacularly destroyed publicly and never had a second of peace in his life after a certain age. Well, I don't know. I think that like in one single household, two people can have different versions of the truth. Sure. So to ask for the truth, I think it's maybe impossible. Don't tell me one thing. I look your best <laughs> unless it's true. You know what I'm saying? I think we should play a song at some point. I don't even want to delete this. Can you, can okay. you, could, could you play that tune? <laughs> Or is that putting you on the spot a little too much? I could probably play it.
go down a little YouTube rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. This is back in VHS days, Dan. Mm-hmm. This is when I first got introduced to this. For Michael Jackson's song, Jam, the music video for that song paired Michael Jordan with Michael Jackson. The two Michaels together, the superstar power in that what single video. What year was that? I'm not going to be able to tell roughly, you that, of course. Uh, roughly. Oh, let's say 1990. Oh, my God. Don't. That's not in my mind. I don't yeah. remember that it, at all. It's a thing. It exists. And one of the things that's awesome about it is that Michael J- Jordan, for all of his grace as an athlete mm. and like strength and power and style and everything, mm-hmm. terrible dancer. <laughs> you know, as as terrible as Michael Jackson's, because they were like on a basketball As court. terrible as Michael Jackson is at basketball? Exactly. Inversely, like, their powers were just so... Comically mismatched. Wow, wow. That, that, but, but, but it was somebody's brainchild to be like, "Hey, two of the biggest stars of all time. Right, we got. They're it. both named Michael. Boom, let's do it. Right, and, some executive somewhere. Mm-hmm. Michael worked for everybody. Michael worked. For, uh, Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yep. Worked for everybody. He worked for McDonald's. He worked for Here's Coke. What I, he here, worked for Nike. Yeah. He worked for everybody. So Ballpark Franks. Of course, he's the biggest. Duracell batteries. He ate Ballpark Franks. Underwear. He Haynes. had it all covered. He had you fucking covered. Pre-Hitler mustache. <laughs> yes. he. That was flexing his power, wasn't it? Way like, back, he was a Haynes guy. That's what are you right. going to do? I'm That's Michael right. Jordan. What else? Batteries? Yeah, sure. Batteries. Uh, which Space did, Jam. You knew which batteries, right? Railback? Or I'm gonna say Duracell? Duracell. Yeah, probably mainstream big batteries like that. Big battery. Yeah, but gets Gatorade sometimes I dream. Oh jeez. She he is me. The thing that I think is mo- maybe most fascinating about him is that he was an absolute fucking killer on the court. Silent nod. Yeah. And but savvy enough as a businessman. To smile for the cameras. Yeah. 
and and never say anything controversial, never take a stand on anything. Absolutely, just make that money. Be be the neutral, kind of congenial, you know, play the media game almost as well as he played the game on the floor, which was better than anyone else had ever done it. You know, so you've heard this that he that he that he was sort of that he had the public and media savvy to match the the on court stuff. That's the difference between him and when people try and compare Kobe and Michael or anybody else and Michael. Like, well, he was the full package because, you know, he could he he was he was a, he was mean and nasty enough to get it done in crunch time, time and time again, and punch Steve Kerr in the face or in practice or whatever you needed to do to motivate people and be an animal and charm the pants off of, you know, your grandma in the Haynes commercial. And if Michael Jordan didn't say it himself, it was attributed to him that Republicans buy shoes too. And that's a tagline that's been attributed now since that to Tiger and all the, anybody else who never takes like a stand about anything who just like, Every once in a while, something Smiles will come out like... and holds the product and... Every once in a while, something will come out like, Michael Jordan gives $1 million to, you know, this cause or that. And I think... And, and maybe it's like uh, related to the... Lost about Black that. Lives Matter or something that is a little more controversial than what he'll usually wade into. Mm. And I think, interesting, maybe signals a shift that in his older age, he's not protecting himself so much and he's taking a fucking stand for something. But then I also think... Million dollars is a fucking dollar to that. That's like him putting. That's like me putting pennies in the penny jar at the gas station when I hmm. buy milk hmm. or yeah. something. You yeah. know. So I'll never respect Michael on a personal level like I do yeah. Bill Russell, and people who during the civil rights wow. movement stood up with Muhammad Ali and people like that and put their careers and entire reputation on the line to say, you know, we demand justice. Startling, shocking. Who else is a logo? Who else pushed their way onto Nike shoes and became a logo unto themselves? Yeah, having your name own all logo. the people that have done that. Jerry West is a logo. He's the NBA logo. True. It's nice to have in your rep- in your resume. Feather in your cap. Like I am the logo for. Yeah, I'm an icon with a stamp. It's not bad. I don't. I don't want to. I got to keep some of the powder dry here, I think, for future stuff. Sure. Uh, But I have similar thoughts. I have very similar thoughts of the, from the Michael Jackson topic to Michael Jordan a little bit. I don't think that a couple of random guys killed his dad on the side of the road when he was changing a tire. I don't think that happened at all. Conspiracy. I think... I'm in the corner, and I can't claim credit for this. This is a lot of Bill, a lot of, a lot of people. But I think Michael Jordan had spectacular gambling debts that we don't know about. Do se. you think Joe Jackson had something to do with it? Which was also... No, Joe Jackson's a... I'm just kidding. Go I on. know, I know. Uh, I think Michael Jordan owed people money and thought he was above it. And he was no, he's notorious... Gambler on the golf course, notorious card player, notorious blackjack player. And I think he owed money in those circles. And they tried to collect it from him. And he was like, come on, I'm Michael Jordan. And they were like, all right. We've asked nicely. Hmm. We'll never know. Jeffrey Jordan. Murdered on the side of the road in the country. Just I'd have to Google it. Changing a tire. Random. No, he was resting. Did you resting? James, he wasn't even Jordan. changing a tire. James Did you Jordan. read this or come up with it? Chris, I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> I was elected to lead, not to read. Fair. I was elected to read, not lead. Like, are you hatching these? Can no, this is stuff I have. This is Bill. Bill Bill Simmons. So you heard the idea and, other people, and you agree. Absolutely. It makes to me it makes too much sense. And maybe that's my maybe that's my Achilles heel with all this. Is I'm such a I've been turned to be such a doubter of everything I hear. 
that even Michael Jackson, I go, are we sure? What, what turned you? In large part, it was the Chappelle thing. Ah. That was a big one. That's somebody telling their up-close, one-on-one story of it happened to me. Yeah. Someone I love and cared about. And that sounds a little corny, but. So. But I did. That then. And to hear it from him. Mm-hmm. And I believe everything he says. So the, the news that you trust is not mass media. It's people telling their stories. Yeah. Oh, boy. This is a series of podcasts waiting <laughs> to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I used to pay attention to the news. I used to listen to Rush. All that stuff. Yeah. And I've got, there's good reasons for all of it. And I'm not ashamed of it. Maybe it, you should be a little ashamed of Rush. Because it little? leads, it all leads you to where you are. Whatever got you here. Right. I've, I had that realization some years ago. I'm sorry. Gotta gotta jump in real quick. It's convenient. This will be a whole podcast probably. At it's some convenient point. and it's nice to say that I have no regrets because everything that happened to me brought me here. Uh, but that you know that presumes that if you could change something, you wouldn't, which isn't an option. So since that's not an option, it helps us resolve things by saying, "Well, you know." <laughs> I'm happy with who I am, so I embrace it. What choice do you have? Yeah, you yeah. have no choice. None. I change all kinds of shit if I actually could. You do embrace it or you don't embrace it, but you can't go back and change it. Yeah. This yeah, podcast so. is over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was, I gave this a lot of thought. I thought this might come up. It was, it was going to come up eventually. Where... My my uh, well detailed upbringing, super patriotic, super believe everything you hear. Uh, religion plays no small part in that. Uh, that's one of the real. That's a, that's another real curse of religion that I've seen in my mom. Mom, you out there? <laughs> Love you, mom. I'll call you call you tomorrow on the way home, and we'll argue about. Uh, that was, that's how I came up was you believe God is number one. Everything you're hearing is true. If it's on the news, it's correct. It's true. Everything you hear in school is true. Everything a person of authority tells you is true. And that is the auger that my bacteria got smeared on. And I took that to its end uh, post-college when I thought it was like time to know stuff and have an opinion. Uh, I was like right-wing guy. And uh, this is like started in probably like 95 or 96 or so. And continued like up to probably like 2000-ish. When did it all fall apart though? <laughs> so you were basically setting this, it, your life set the stage for you to be a skeptic. Well. Or to critique. No. No, it didn't at all. Well, it did. My they, life set the stage for me to believe everything that I heard. And right. To be, until to be flag wave and patriotic. And that's what it set me up for. Doctrine. Conservative. Conservative and I, place. Conservative and I had, guy. I had to overcome that at some point. And I did. I finally did. Well, when you moved into Madison, you you know, all of that conservative stuff was going to get challenged in all kinds of ways. Again, context, like what we were talking about with Seattle. Like, it's not, you know what? It's not even that long ago. It was uh, 20, when it all stopped was the Act 10 thing protests at the Capitol and stuff. Mm. I was still like a conservative dude. No, I was the same guy. Like What Act 10 thing? In a social setting, I was the same Dan. Explain. Explain. Act 10. Uh, Governor Walker. Who you probably voted unleashed for. Unleashed <laughs> a number for of initiatives. <laughs> uh, the a- Act 10. 
which like uh, took away uh, teachers, uh, teachers and other people, everyone but cops and firemen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Took away collective bargaining rights and and their pension, like state funded pension stuff. Why was that the tipping point? Because um, you're working class. I just discovered Facebook. I'd been on Facebook for like five seconds when that happened, and I yeah working class working stiff, and I was like, us people out here in the oh, like non union world coming after me. Us people out here in the non-union world, like we resolve differences all the time without any sort of uh, collective bargaining. Uh, we pay a shitload for like health insurance and 401ks and stuff like that. I think though... And er- I was cordial and nice about it. And I got a lot of blowback from it, obviously. But earlier you have said that your um, upbringing... So here's what I'm trying to say. If you're raised... Mm-hmm that there's one truth mm-hmm. this is what the truth is i think it fosters at some point a stronger sense of what you really believe because at some point you're like um i'm not catholic mm-hmm. i know it's not true for me mm-hmm. and i think if you're raised in a really rigid structure whether it's conservative viewpoints or mm-hmm. catholic religion the str- the rigidity maybe makes that inner voice louder until at some point you're like, I need to exit. Fear, Where- like with the Me Too thing, the response that you can have when you first break from the church. I remember that. And like, it was so much of a, oh, fuck everything religious and all, <laughs> all religious institutions are bullshit. And then, and then I started having to raise kids and do things myself and not necessarily have the the help uh, uh, and the reinforcement of Sunday school to teach them morality right. and things like that. And you're like, okay, yeah, well, maybe I need to slow my roll a little bit on how useless all of this is. And I'm just anyway. the inner, the inner meter of like mm-hmm. the bullshit meter. Mm-hmm. It's not on when you're a kid, you just believe what you're told, but then it f- switches on for religion for a lot of us. And then 20 years later for the conservative viewpoints that Rush, because people like Rush Limbaugh talk as if it's true. And they talk to their audience like this is the gospel truth. There's no questioning. Whereas NPR, mm-hmm. they're like, here's the facts. You decide. How many times have you heard in NPR, we reached out to Republican politician right. so-and-so and they could not be reached or they did not respond or, you know, there's that too. Like my sense of it is that hey, we're having a reasonable conversation over here and this person isn't, uh, you know, they opted not to join it. Mm-hmm. And what does that say about them? Why are they not available for this talk? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I don't know because I feel like being raised with rigidity and being told this is the truth, this is what you believe, super unhealthy, but... Do you think it does sort of plant seeds for rebellion and then forbidden fruit forbidden <laughs> is yes. delicious? Whereas if you're raised um, uh, the way I, we raise our kids, which is like, well, this group believes this, this group believes this, these people believe this. What do you think is right? And sort of which grows a better ethical person? Do you trust your children to and their judgment in a way for and, and allow them to think for themselves. That's part of the struggle of watching them grow into young adults and walking that line a little bit between like, all right, I've, I've, I've given you the foundation. And now every time that I talk to you, I see you tuning me out because it's a lecture and you start, you need to start learning from your own mistakes. You need to start, you know, I need to, I need to let go enough for you training wheels are off training wheels are off yeah and and that's the problem i think and where you get that conflict and that that you know resistance from something rigid like catholicism that never lets up that never lets go that never lets a person trust their own judgment and or keeps speak them, against yep you keeps know, them operating within a certain framework because of fear 
if you do wrong, you will burn eternally. That's a really, really good fear. To, I mean, like, course correct people. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, and it, That's and worked it, really well for a really long time. Oh, and for it almost, a really it's, long time. It's weird, though, that we've arrived in a time like this is, I think, a really profoundly uh, uh, transitional period where a break in this generation, just, just sweeping generalization I'm making here, but like the the break that our generation has made from those religious traditions the the difference in the way that we're raising our kids oh yeah the internet you know these the things the access to information and different perspectives and things that that are yeah. part of our world that are so dramatically different from the way that our mm. parents experienced the world alternative perspectives were not even available they Right. The if fact you lived that in a certain house, they didn't exist. So it's confusing and it's a lot of shit to edit and sift through. And that's the problem with it. But, you know, yeah. Are you are you uh, can you make a more informed choice? That's like, you know, doesn't necessarily this is just a, an easy thing to grab on to. But like. Every gay person that ever grew up in my small community had to be a closeted, mm-hmm. you know. Their, oh, no, the, you hate gay people. Their existence <laughs> are, are fine. Uh, but no, you know, it wasn't until they left that community that they could be themselves. And the, the benefit of our generation in that break is that, you know, people don't have to wait until they're out of a place to be themselves. It would have been the equivalency of having one Buddhist neighbor, one Hindu neighbor, one gay, one transvestite, one Jewish, you know, just like on your block. And everyone's right there. You can see all the different households. This age that we live in. Yeah. Has made that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because who's on TV, basically, when we were growing up? Do you see yourself on TV? Maybe Soap, I think. Didn't Billy Crystal play... A gay person. Do you guys remember so? True. Yeah. That's but, well. I mean, in terms of like... Okay. Uh, too Close for Comfort was Monroe a gay... I think they tried to play him as a straight character. I think Don Knotts might have been gay Jim J. Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> Come and knock on our door. Knock on our door. I just watched this Three's you. Company montage of inappropriate things between Jack and the Janet and... Chrissy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. You, you guys, it was so bad. It was just nonstop well, bad. Was the implication? And the fairy like jokes her? from um, not it wasn't. It was the first landlord. Roper. Yeah. Mr. Roper. Yeah. Who is this buddy? Who is this skeezy buddy? <laughs> skeezy is a good word. Jack's buddy. I don't remember. Um, when you look at it now, it looks like it's in a time capsule for sure. I'll send it. I think the simplest way, because it's hard to you know keep a thought and keep it intact, but I think the simplest way is <clears throat> even all even in all those years of like conservative Dan, and there are terabytes of emails in my past sent folders of all sorts of Republican this and Republican that. Um, Now that it's over, I think I'm still exactly the same person. I'm exactly the same guy, wired exactly the same way, who conducts myself and carries myself exactly the same. Except all of the It might be this simple. The political stuff just went away. Less righteousness? Absolutely. Absolutely, Nath. Absolutely. Uh, Being a right-winger, taking it into the political realm is absolutely an exercise in just self-righteousness. Just like, I know how things should be. I know what the bill should say. Or like what whatever policy should be and stuff. I'm exactly the same person. I, it was during that act 10 time that it just hit me. Like it doesn't pay to argue 
what I think or believe or say doesn't matter at all. So stop arguing. And then once you do that, you go, I don't even need to think or believe or care about anything anymore. It's all fake. It's all, none of it matters anymore. That's what happened to me. Politics doesn't matter? Correct. Mm. Are we still recording? Yes. I think it's a phase. I think you'll come back to it. I think you'll. Oh, I'm done. Disengaging is is. I think it's dangerous? a cycle. Honestly, it's, it's or is it irresponsible s- even on some level? It's Disengaging. For, it's for self preservation, is what it is. You can't find yourself amidst the din. Honestly, so yeah, you disengage, and then but then something usually comes up where you have to engage a little bit, like a union strike or someone taking away the rights of unions. You had an opinion about that, right? Whether or not you said it, you had the opinion. I used to. I just, I just don't care anymore. Apathy. Till I, till we brainstorm a better word. Yeah, complete mm. apathy. It came. I don't know. I still think you'll come back around to caring with, a with little bit. With kids, with kids, of course, that was that played into it. Like the rigors of family life with a bunch of young kids. You only have so much energy to spend. There's o- and I used to put so much of it into like caring and arguing. And always court like I probably lost a few friends over the years. I'm sure I did. But for the most part I mean there's still people in my orbit that I like argued with politically. Alex Fortney. We argued politically I, once. I, did we really? <laughs> One time yeah, only t- between me. songs? Yeah, yeah. You told me to stick to what I knew. Which was like <gasps> singing harmony. Asshole. You have Dan, yeah, it, it you was, have changed. It was you are rudest, not the same person. It was the rudest thing you've said. And I remember thinking at the time, like, that was rude. <laughs> but but I'm gonna two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a pass because who doesn't who doesn't say, you know, something insensitive, you know, through the course wow. of a of a relationship or a friendship? I'm sure I've said stupid things to you that you were everything like, looks uh, bad when you remember it. Homer, Homer J. I, Simpson. I, I probably didn't need to bring it up because I've totally let it go. That's why but we're it, here, man. That's why we're it's here. It's a good reminder. I think you need to revise that you're the same guy. I don't think maybe you are. Not knowing you back then. Interesting. Um, I don't remember that. It was Huck's garage. How convenient. It was it was uh, it was the same place where that Huck invited that guy. Oh my God! What were you talking about that he said that? What guy? I remember the guy. Try to remember what I told you to stay in your lane. Okay, yeah. what were we? Hey, saying? stick with what you know, Nath. Well, you know I'm going to say that often <laughs> now that it's out. <laughs> You're no, such a bitch. Guy. Do you remember? Can you even fathom what that was about? Well. I want. I can't to, imagine arguing something political with you at all. I think it. Why? It may have been Walker and the. You think. It, it, yeah. That was like oh nine and ten. That's when it all. The band. That's when band life started. Yeah. So we still, were. We were sort of debating like. You know, is the. Oh, don't look at me like that. <laughs> You're already forgiven. But I, I really, I, I can't, I can't recall exactly, but I was just taking some kind of poorly informed, probably mm. Mm. led by the heart, liberal perspective on something. Or I thought it was because I listen to the radio all the time, so I know. Yeah, well, maybe neither of us should have just been. If you had Rush in your ear, it's a little bit of brainwashing. I mean. This, the, the attendant that I was working with today in the bus, we had true. this conversation. Sorry if this takes us off topic, but why do we stand with our hand over our heart and sing the national anthem before every stupid sporting event? Start every school day saying the Pledge of the Allegiance. I have this written right here. We are going to rewrite the Pledge of Allegiance. I like my my cousin Jason, who we talked about earlier, has a song. I pledge allegiance. Uh, One of them is... Pledge allegiance to those 
who dance alone instead of not at all you know things like that mm. he did he, he kind of rewrote it but you do it your way it's no. a good idea uh i like that version yeah uh, to the first monkey that decided to stand up straight and tall i <sighs> pledge allegiance to those who choose to dance alone instead of not oh at my all. god oh yeah he's a poet can you get the whole thing it's got sure. some flavor that's that's a weird part of all this too is being raised uh i don't there's not even an adjective for it super is not enough uh superlative patriot patriotism uh my dad was born in the 30s he served in the air force he only had one kidney so he was never uh on the front lines but he was in the Air Force for 20 years. Did he have both his testicles? He <laughs> did. Okay. I'm sorry. Swinging balls, Dick Higgs. <laughs> Swinging balls, I tell you. Michael Jackson. Love you, Mom. <laughs> that, but the, the level of patriotism. I mean, you know how much time you spend in your house when you're a kid? How much time you spend, especially in the boonies. That's all you have is... When you're not being Indiana Jones, you're when you're house. when you're not watching sports or being Indiana Jones, uh, the level of patriotism. My dad put a level of patriotism in me that was. I I can't shit on it. I can't. I I shouldn't and can't insult it because it was beautiful. It Questioning was true, that is pure, like pure. And for a person who was born in the '30s, uh, and being patriotic and. Being in the service got him out of a a terrible, bleak, 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 bleak reality in his youth. Born in No Shoes, Indiana, to a abusive alcoholic dad, and all the things that we know from the 30s. Okay, so that level of patriotism, and it's all gone. No, for me, it's gone. It's not. I'm. It's gone. You are the epitome of an American citizen who thinks for himself, huh. takes care of his family, and stays loyal to what's true to him. That's the the. That's the bones. The we hate Colin Kaepernick level of patriotism, though, gone. Does it's the surface that kind level? Of patriotism, yeah, the flag is gone. Kind, the flag waving kind. But yes. the underneath part, the essence of it. You're ringing, so you're telling you're, me I'm really just the same You're guy. ringing the bell. No, I don't think you are. I think you whittled it down to its essence and then... Kept the good stuff? Kept the good stuff. Yeah. Abandoned the rest. But... It, this all came up... I only brought that up because he talked about the pledge and like that used to like... That just doesn't mean anything. What about the civic duty to stay informed and vote and be engaged in the political I process? Think so struggling. That, that's that's something that's kind of been lost. I think you have to. Not just you. I, totally. I think totally. you have to take a break from it sometimes in order to endure. But I think it's because of how the media is set up. You burn out. You just can't. You can't keep up with it. Your quality of life goes down, and so you have to take a break. And be selective, which you can now with podcasts and stuff. You have to be selective in order to maintain the integrity of your day-to-day life because otherwise it just brings you down. It's like the swamp, not that swamp, but you know what I mean. It's just as like it affects the day-to-day. It affects mental health. If I, if I listened to the news every day, like the 6 o'clock news, it's just a list of disasters. I would get depressed immediately. Because they don't, they only talk about the top news stories of bad things that have happened. Mm. A belate man was hospitalized this morning. I'm just saying, it's not great the for Kurds mental health. The Kurds are being invaded by the Turks, and there's going to be death over there. So maybe Dan's political action is bringing his community together by having music and allowing people to share their joy with each other and fostering connection. Person to person. That's political. Is it? That's what it did. It is. When I quit all that shit, it gave me all this time to get with people 
and pursue things like jam. It's like grassroots. And my crazy fantasy sp- grassroots sports that I do with my friends and all my other like. I'm not going to say fantasy sports friendly. is political. No, no, of course not. But it just freed up all <laughs> it's this connection. Time. <laughs> That's like a whole nother. I don't know right. anything about it. Next, you're going to say porn's political. But that's not <laughs> That's not, not true. I know. All of that energy, all of the like, oh, I can't believe what the Democrats did today. Like, all of that, when it went away, what do you got? You have all kinds of time. You have all kinds of mental horsepower to put into other things. That is absolutely 100,000% true. It mental horsepower, that's a good phrase. It coincides <laughs> seamlessly into what happened next. They spot me while I play as a fly enthusiasm aimed at your indifference can the fall for one tap and door bobbing here. Very signal coming back on the same map for Rick frequency wavelength. How's the reception connection? Don't flip the dial, that's your performance. Here's commercial free. Here's commercial free. Only thing for sale up here is me and my CD. You're free to catch up on all times at the top of your lungs. Got a mic and I can turn it up, but I can't turn you down. Got a mic, but I need a new remote. I point and click, point click, flip around, fold it more. Appreciation from the crowd participation. Would it be too much entirely to expect a little respect? Would it be too much entirely? What if what they say is true? Less is more. 